When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. Ali Moreno and Stevie Nichol here in the studio with me, Kay Murray. A little later on, we're going to be hearing from Archie Rin Tut as we look ahead to the Bundesliga weekend. But we will start with big reports coming out of Brazil that Carlo Ancelotti would be leaving Real Madrid this summer and taking over the role of Brazilian national team coach. Here's just a look at his record in his second stint at Real Madrid. The yellow there, as you can see, the competitions that they are still in this season, pretty much all of them, except for the Super Cup, which obviously they lost out to Barcelona on. Gemma Soler and Frank LeBuff now joining us. Now, Gemma, it's worth mentioning that both parties, the Brazil Football Confederation and Carlo Ancelotti, have denied these rumours. But what more can you tell us about these reports today? Um, well, the, actually, the people very, very close to Carlo Ancelotti uh, have confirmed that existed some, some kind of contact, but of course denied any kind of agreement that our colleagues from ESPN Brazil uh, explained earlier today that there is an agreement and that Carlo Ancelotti at the end of this season will be joining a Brazil national team. It's true that they have been two months looking for a, a new coach. They have been here in Spain with uh, this intensive search. They have actually met with Luis Enrique before, the former Spanish national coach. And uh, of course they are putting a, a big eye on Ancelotti because it is a coach with with a lot of experience, uh, with uh, a huge uh, CV on, on managing well teams and having good relationship with players. He, of course, knows uh, a lot of them, that the youngsters that are playing with Real Madrid and has a huge experience. And uh, we can kind of imagine that if he doesn't manage to win the Champions League or La Liga, he might not continue as a Real Madrid coach, so he might be available. Uh, and there is another factor, is that the, 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 one of the key persons of the CBF, uh, um, Ronaldo, uh, has a great relationship with Real Madrid, with Carlo Ancelotti. So there have been meetings, as there have been previous ones with uh, Luis Enrico. So, so there is this um, communication, this good relationship, but nothing at all. Of course, I mean, Carlo Ancelotti couldn't, agree anything to put on, on paper right now because he's the coach of Real Madrid. He's in the head of, of managing the team to, to win another final. So he cannot commit right now. But there is a good relationship with both parts. If he is out of a job at Real Madrid this summer, could you see this being a good fit, Ancelotti, as the Brazil coach? I would, actually. And for Carlo Ancelotti, I think would be an ideal situation in that he doesn't have to be with the team on a day-to-day. -day. Carlo Ancelotti at this point in his career has nothing to prove as a club manager and would be a different type of challenge for him. Now, from the Brazilian perspective, some people will say, well, how come Brazil cannot come up with a coach, a Brazilian coach that can lead the Brazilian national team? Well, there's been shortages of Brazilian national team coaches in the past. How many times did we see Mario Zagallo recycle? 
Carlos Alberto Parreira, also recycle. Tele Santana, recycle. Dunga, recycle. And you go up and down the list, Filipao also recycle. It's, it's not like there are many coaches out there that I think the Brazilian national team would call upon within Brazil, which seems surprising, but historically you see that the list of names are actually very small. So now they're thinking outside the box, they're saying, you know what, and, and I think this is a big step for Brazil to take, we're going to go outside of Brazil. We need different ideas. We need a different perspective. And it's perhaps Brazil looking at themselves in the mirror and saying, whatever we've been doing up until this point hasn't quite worked the way that we wanted and that we expect. So maybe we need to take ideas from somewhere else. And why not Carlo Ancelotti when he has had so much success at the club level? Again, it would be a different experience for Brazil. It would be a different experience for Carlo Ancelotti. But I think it's an experience that on paper makes sense. Do you like it, Frank? I love it. I think it's a very good news for, for Brazil and, and a sad one for Real Madrid. Uh, I think it's not because you don't win the Liga every year or you don't win the Champions League every year that you have to be fired. I think it would be a mistake for, for Real Madrid uh, and, and, and the chairman. But the great news for, for, for Brazil and as Ale said, even if it's not um, quite often that you, see, you will see a, a foreign coach you know, leading the uh, Brazilian national team, I think it's a great idea for Brazil to open up a little bit uh, what they know, and, but uh, know better and discover maybe another mentality. And we all know how Carlo Ancelotti works with the players, with the love that he gives to the players like they were his kids. And he already knows many of them, like Casimiro, Vinicius Jr., uh, uh, Militao and, and some others. So it's, it's going to be a very uh, good opportunity to, uh, to make sure that Brazil can finish the job. They were the favorites of the last World Cup. They didn't do it because maybe, I don't know, they didn't have like Real Madrid, that winning plus that you need to make sure you get it. And uh, with the talent that they have and the coach that they might have, well, that's going to be a, a hard team to beat. Uh, somebody else we know the way they work is Florentino Perez when it comes to expecting success every season with his coaches. Can you believe they would let go of him just a year after winning the Champions League with this side? Well, they shouldn't, but again, it seems like, to me, it seems like Ancelotti has always gotten on well with his bosses. And I would suggest that if Ancelotti went to Perez, even if Perez didn't get rid of him, I, I think this is down to whether Ancelotti wants it, because I don't see Perez st standing in his way uh, if, if he went to him and said, can I have this job? And this is, to me, an absolute no-brainer, particularly when Brazil are going to go outside their own. There is not another guy who's more qualified to take over Brazil than Ancelotti. And, and international football is not about so much the tactics and all that sort of stuff. It's about dealing with your players. And particularly with the superstars that Brazil have. Is there a man more equipped, with more experience, with more trophies, with more respect. I mean, this is absolutely, in my opinion, a no-brainer. And as I said, I think this is down to Ancelotti. If he wants this job, I think Perez would let him go. And when you think about dealing with superstars in Brazil, if you project into the future, who is the superstar of the future for Brazil? Well, you have to look at Vini Jr. Who has a better relationship with Vini Jr. as a manager than Carlo Ancelotti? It was Carlo Ancelotti who said, I'm going to believe in you. 
and I'm going to push you, and I'm going to get the best out of you. Nobody else had, he did. I think there's a respect there as well. And so when you project and say, all right, who are the players that he's going to be dealing with, and Vinny Jr. is at the core of that, it makes a lot of sense. So if Carlo Ancelotti is to leave the post at Real Madrid, Gemma, who are they talking about to replace him? Well, the recent name that uh, has been there uh, many times is uh, Mauricio Pochettino and, and, and himself never denied that he would be, be happy with that uh, option. Um, he has experience, uh, of course, in Spain, mainly like a, a Spanish uh, coach and international Tottenham. So he has got that, that, that experience, good record, always talking well about uh, Real Madrid. So he could be a, a, a chance. They are looking for other, if we talk about other coaches with uh, European experiences, uh, Tuchel as well there. And it might be an uh, internal option like they did with uh, Zinedine Zidane. That could be an option as well. I, I, he's been reported like a possible option, Zinedine Zidane. I, I personally don't think so because the way he, he stepped out the, the, the last time. But uh, we could be talking about internal uh, solution as they did with Zidane. And we would be talking about Raul, that he's uh, the coach of Castilla right now. Xavi Alonso with uh, B-team's experience as well, or Álvaro Arbeloa. So I think these three chances, an internal one, uh, or Thomas Tuchel or Pochettino could be the possible replacement in case they decide to, to not continue with uh, Carlo Ancelotti. Frank shouted out Zinedine Zidane. Do you know something we don't, Frank? Oh, oh here we go. No, no, just because it makes me laugh, you know. Uh, I mean, with the way, you know, it ended up last time, you know, I don't think Didier Deschamps going to come back. Well, I, I don't, I'm not sure about that. I'm even more surprised to see Didier Deschamps in that list. He just signed a new contract with the French Federation. But, but uh, no, I... I think it would be a very good idea, like they did with Zidane, to get Raul, because uh, um, in the same way of Zidane, it would just... He would have just got out of the uh, gotten out of the uh, Castilla, so it could be a very good idea to uh, um, um, a good opportunity also to to give him a chance. I, I was just laughing about it because one time, two times, maybe three times to see Zidane, uh, it's kind of a repetition, and uh, they they maybe have to go forward. Now he said he can't turn his back on them so many times. If the call comes out there, like the the, the back call, uh -huh. Zidane Zidane usually answers it. <laughs> what do you think of that list, Saleh? I think Real Madrid is very well aware always as to what's going on in Barcelona. And so they look across there and they go, yes, Xavi Hernandez situation is working out quite well and we're going to do our own. We have our own version of Xavi Hernandez and that's Raul. Now, I'm not sure whether Raul is ready or not, but I think it would be a project or at the very least a possibility that they, that they would seriously consider because I think it generates that direct competition of Raul, Xavi, Barcelona, Real Madrid, and we have our own version of Xavi and our guy is better than yours. They're very well aware as to what goes on in Barcelona. I don't think that Real Madrid will go quietly and allow Xavi to take all the credit because they have a guy who they think could potentially be better. And there could be some silverware up for grabs for Real Madrid uh, this weekend, Gemma, Club World Cup, next one up for grabs for them. Are they taking it seriously? Oh yes, um, it's a title, uh, it's a, a chance to, to win more silverware and especially is that kind of final 
that it's a tricky one because they they can win. Of course, they should win, especially now that Flamengo is 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 out and 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 they should win this title. And they have a lot to lose. They are in a not good dynamic in case they don't manage to win and in a convincing way they will, could be facing this more criticism to the team to Ancelotti to Vinicius to Rodrigo to the to the youngsters that uh, and the physicality of the team that hasn't been that good after the, the, the World Cup so they have a lot to lose in that final they are taking seriously but they are facing a lot of issues like uh, Karim Benzema where he's doubtful for that game Courtois is not going to be there so they are facing a lot of issues in in a game that, as I was mentioning, they, yeah, they can win yet another title that they are super supposed to win, especially now with all the circumstances. And if they don't, um, it's not going to be good at all for Real Madrid. Meanwhile, back in Spain, Gemma, there's been a lot of talk about the Super League once again with mm. the new proposals that have come out. Javier Tebas <laughs> even put an illustration up oh, here we to go. say what he thought. The Super League <laughs> is the wolf who today disguises himself as a granny to try to fool European football. But his nose and his teeth are very big. Four divisions in Europe, of course, the first for them, as in the 2019 reform. Government of the clubs, of course, only the big ones. So there's obviously been a lot of reaction to this across the world. What's been the reaction in Spain, Gemma? Yeah, Tebas, he loves uh, talking to that super fake, super trap instead of uh, super leak. He's always criticizing um, a lot. Yeah, well, they are rechanging. I mean, what is curious is that we have seen and listened to so many versions of this Super League. Let's remember, like, uh, two years ago, it was supposed to be a closed competition of only 15 powerful teams and five invited. Now it has changed to a more fair, more open competition of 80. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're waiting for uh, what is the, the Court of Justice of the European Union going to decide, because we're not sure if they, they are going to be able to, to exist. But... Um, I think it's more fair now, it's something more logical and I think now they are open to talk to, to UEFA and trying to find a, a solution. I can understand that clubs like Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus, they want new rules because it's very difficult to compete in, in nowadays football that they have to compete with this kind of uh, state teams like PSG, Man City or all the teams of the Premier League that they, I don't know how they are doing it with a fair financial fair play. It looks like there are different rules for, for every league. Or, or, or every team. So I can understand that they are uh, feel outraged on they want a, a new kind of uh, uh, rules in this modern football. But um, let's see if this is going to be legal first and, and in which environment because that night uh, presentation of Florentino Perez in El Chiringuito saying that close competition, I mean, that was uh, terrible to, to give credibility to that uh, process. Now, with Bernd Reichert saying that it's going to be fair, it's going to have fair rules, there's going to be credit for the teams that win and it's going to be more open, it looks more okay, but uh, I think now it's just talk, 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 and, and let's see if, if there is a legal base to, to be talking about this. Yeah, so we've obviously seen the, the talk of Real Madrid and Barcelona being excluded from those TV rights deals meetings. And more bad news for Barcelona, Gemma, is that it looks like they're going to offload some more players, they're going to have to offload some more players if they are to meet some financial rules once again. Could we really see Ansu Fati leaving? 
according to Joan Laporta, no, because he gave a long two hours and a half uh, long press conference uh, yesterday and he said that uh, the finances are not that bad, that it's only one million that they need to, to balance and with that they can keep all the key players and even sign. Uh, La Liga has very different numbers, is that they need to cut 200 millions and they cannot sign. So, so I think the truth is in, in the balance in the middle of, of that. And it's true that uh, he was kind of elliptical talking to Juan Sufati, not for what he said, but especially because when he loves uh, or he doesn't want uh, a player to leave, uh, he's so emphatic, so lovely and, and, and with Juan Sufati I think he wasn't um, enthusiastic enough in saying that he's of course not going to leave. He said, uh, we're not thinking about selling him, but I, I don't know about the future. He said something like, like this and it's true that um, he's a player that is not enjoying enough minutes. Uh, is young, is missing a lot of opportunities. He's got a super agent, uh, Mendes, that, and he has a market in, in Europe and that if they need to, to earn money, he might be one of the chances. And also the system that is using Xavi with four midfielders is not helping him. And he's with 20 years old, after um, all the injuries he had to face, he needs uh, to, to, to compete at the top level and he's not being able to do that. Um, Xavi wants to keep him, that's, that's a true. So I think it, it will depend really on the financial uh, numbers of uh, Barcelona. I think it would be a mistake because he's got everything. He, with 16 years old, he illuminated the, the, the Camp Nou. He was the big next hero and I think he's somehow competing with that um, big shadow of the, the, the Ansu Fati of 16-year-old that it looked like the new Messi. He's got the 10 in, in, in the back. I think he will be having opportunities. Lewandowski is not going not gonna to be at the Camp Nou forever. But um, we will see. I think it will depend on, on the numbers, but for me, in my opinion, for Barcelona, it might be a, a big mistake to, to let Ansu Fati go. Ansu Fati leaving Barcelona, what, what would you make of that? Well, here's what I would tell Ansu Fati, is that if I'm making these decisions and I'm sitting in that boardroom and we're going through names of players that we have to make a priority for this club going forward, I'm thinking, okay, we have to lock up Gabi. We have to lock up Pedri. Ronald Araujo, we have to pay attention to. That's another guy that we have to keep around. And you start running out of spaces, and you start running out of money. And Barcelona is not like they are flowing with, with money right now. Let's not forget that Barcelona have made deals that jeopardize the future of the club. And so you have to make decisions based on that, and based not only on what happens today, but what happens five years from now. And... Again, you have to look at what the number of players that you think are a priority. Those guys that I mentioned are a priority. Ansu Fati is further down the list. So he's teetering. He's in danger because if Barcelona needs to make money, you need to sort of put a player out there that is going to attract enough attention, that is going to be enticing enough for a club. Ansu Fati is one of those players. Uh, one player it seems that won't be going to Barcelona or returning, despite many of the rumours, is Lionel Messi. That is according to his brother. Here is what he had to say about Messi's future. He said, I have a newspaper cutting from Barcelona Paste, a sports newspaper, sports stuck on the wall of my house with the headline, Messi should return to Barcelona. And I put underneath, ha, 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 we are not going to return to Barcelona. Frankie, are you surprised? <laughs> no, I'm not, because I think uh, with what happened and, and how he left, 
Um, I'm pretty sure that he would be a little bit resentful and, uh, and if it works well for, for him in Paris now and he's more likely to sign a new contract with Paris Saint-Germain, I think if he, if he decides to go all, uh, elsewhere, you know, he, he could go to the MLS and finish his career in, a, in, a, in another place. And I heard that uh, he said he will return to Barcelona, but after his career, and I think it's a wise decision. Um, to go back is always nostalgic. And uh, nostalgia is never good in football. We saw that so many times, players coming back and not being as good as they were at first. Just for a little bit of context, this is the same brother that said that prior to Messi, Barcelona had had no history, right? That nobody knew about <laughs> Barcelona before Messi, that he put them on the map. So again, take this with context <laughs> and know where the information is coming from. So, if we do take it with that, Gemma, you're obviously on the ground there in Barcelona. How has it been taken by the club and the fans? Oh, well, imagine Matias Messi saying that all Catalans are traitors, that uh, 120 years club history hasn't existed, that no one, nobody knew Johan Cruyff, Kubala, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, Maradona, all the players that played here. So it, it, it was shocking. I mean, it, it, it's true that it was an awakening, like, uh, but because uh, uh, Laporta has always fooled that... Uh, I think rumor that uh, that has no basement at all that he might come back at some point. I mean, I think the, the only thing I would give pre um, uh, right uh, credibility is that there is not a good relationship with Joan Laporta and Messi, as they sometimes tend to uh, try to make us uh, believe. But the rest, it's just uh, someone with a big mouth saying uh, stupid things like no one knew Barcelona before, that the, the museum is only about Messi and, and all that uh, things. It's true that he already uh, said that he's sorry and it wasn't an informal talk about his uh, with his son uh, on Twitch. But um, it's true that it's very hardly to believe that Messi will come back in a club that are not able to register Marcos Alonso, Renewal, Alejandro Balde, and has all the issues to keep Gabi and, and all that stuff. And actually, in that marathon press conference of Laporta, it was just the, the day after of that Matias Messi um, words, he didn't want to make any kind of fight because Messi has been 20 years in Barcelona. The club helped him at the beginning with the medical issues and then take care. And it's true that Messi helped Barcelona win 35 uh, titles and he's the biggest legend. I don't think he will come back as a player, probably not, but I think the club needs to take him as an ambassador, as a, some kind of legend, or, or have a good relationship in the future. And I think he, Laporta, that sometimes he also makes the mistake of speaking too much. He was elegant, he said nothing and said, he said, sorry, let's not give any more importance to that words that were in a, in a strange uh, context. But uh, it was an interesting day, the day that he said that. I mean, in Barcelona, no one, no one was talking about anything else than, than these words. Oh, thanks so much for the insight, Gemma. Obviously, if, if he wrote ha, 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 yeah. it has to be very serious. Yes. And we have to take yes. it very seriously yes, very much so. as well. <laughs> Lots of La Liga action for you to enjoy this weekend on ESPN+. Plus. And then all the way up to Wednesday, actually, because Real Madrid will be back in action against Elche when they return to La Liga action. But it is Villarreal taking on Barcelona this weekend, 2.30 Eastern. Your coverage will begin. 
passion, drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. A look at the top of the Bundesliga. Wolfsburg looking up at the top six spots right now. It was a nil-nil draw against bottom of the table. Schalke for them on Friday night. As for the rest of the teams behind Bayern Munich right now, it's looking pretty good in 2023. We definitely have a title race on as it stands in Germany's top flight. Borussia Dortmund have had a great return to action. That continued in the cup this week with Emre Can's oh, brilliant goal from the halfway line as well. Oh, hello. Cut. Look at this today. He came dressed up for the occasion <laughs> yeah, he did. as well. Yeah, he Tog did. Bundesliga. It's been a good week, Archie. It's fair to say for Dortmund. It has been. The whole of 2023 so far has been very good for Dortmund. And the fact that Emre Chan is scoring from 50 yards, metres out, tells you that things are going in a good direction, particularly when you can actually mishit the ball from 50 yards out <laughs> and you <laughs> score. Oh, goal. That tells you I mean, it does that make things it are going pretty well. Uh, <laughs> it tells you that things are going pretty well when, when that's going in. And actually, he's also a symbol of the fact that uh, everything has really gone in, in an upward direction right now because he's playing well. Julian Brandt has come into fantastic form as well. Uh, Sebastian Haller, the fact that he's returned has really brought greater purpose and flow to Dortmund going forward. Nico Schlotterbeck, their centre-back, who was pretty out of form and showed that in the World Cup, has started to pick up a bit of momentum and confidence as well. The, the everlasting injuries of Borussia Dortmund, which... I think was the title of their season last year, has dried up now. Those muscle injuries have gone away for the most part. And the whole mood around Dortmund has really picked up as a result. And now they are in the title race when Edin Terzic was talking about them starting as at a minus point going into the winter break. So 
they face a Werder Bremen side who very much checked their momentum last time. And I think the story of Dortmund so far has been that whatever little setbacks have fallen upon them during games, they've managed to get over them. But Bremen absolutely ripped them apart with what they did to them last time. They were 2-0 up Dortmund going into the 89th minute and lost 3-2. And yeah, I think that experience will shell shock you. And Bremen have that on their side, along with the aerial weapon that is Nicholas Fulkrug, who everyone got to know about at the World Cup. He's in fine form right now, top scorer in the Bundesliga, along with his uh, ugly bird uh, goal-scoring partner. He chose the nickname. I've not given it to him. Uh, Marvin Duksch. So, yeah, Bremen are having a good season. They're part of the chasing pack of the European uh, teams and will be tough opposition. Talk to us about Gio Reyna, though. Big question here, Archie. He's come off the bench in three games, scored in all three games. Is he finally going to get his first start of 2023? I posed that question to Edin Terzic last time, uh, in when uh, just after they'd beaten Freiburg 5-1 last weekend. I mean, I say that. I interjected uh, when he, he said that Karim Adeyemi, who's another one of Dortmund's great winners in, in the past few weeks, uh, the fact that he's suspended for this game. Gio Reyna would be a logical inclusion for me, particularly as Jamie Bino-Gittens had a chance against Borkham to start, did okay, I thought, missed a couple of chances. But when we're looking at who's been Mr. Ice Cold in front of goal so far, it's been Gio Reyna. And when you're scoring three goals coming off the bench as a substitute, including two winners in very tight games, which Borussia Dortmund usually don't get over the line in. I think that Gio Reyna has been putting in the performances on the pitch to very much merit a start here. And particularly when he's not going to probably get one in the Champions League, I think that he's earned he's earned it here. And also has good memories of playing against Werder Bremen. Once got a very good goal uh, at the Weser Stadion. So, yeah, if, if I was Edin Terzic, I'd start Gio Reyna. Ale will be on the coverage along with Archie tomorrow for this game. Would you start Gio Reyna if you were Terzic? First of all, in Terzic has a lot of options in the attacking half, and I think that's the strength of Borussia Dortmund in that whatever you may think of what they do in the back line, there are options in the attack. So he can turn to many different players. But to answer your question directly and clearly, yes, I will start Gio Reyna. What? What? do you ask for players when they're coming off the bench to have an impact on the game to change the game for you to have a positive impact well he certainly has done that and more uh, Archie just mentioned the goals but I also look at the quality of the goals and the moments of the goal which I think is critically important you want somebody to come off the bench and have a positive impact that's exactly what Gio Reyna has done I don't know exactly what else he could do to warrant a start when the player who is starting in front of you now is suspended it would seem like that is the next step that you would get an opportunity to play the only question about Gio Reyna has been fitness and if he's ready to go and he seems fit and ready Yes, he should be playing. Yeah, well, we are on the subject of U.S. men's national team players, even those who didn't go to the World Cup. Mm. Jordan Peacock oh. with a winner last time out for Union Berlin. Their take on Leipzig this weekend. That's a big game in the Bundesliga. A couple of questions here that you can answer in one, Archie. <laughs> 
Jordan Peefock, good to see him back amongst hey. the goals. Hey, I just had the club already, Gay. I just had the club already. He's pretending, isn't he? That like. that's, he's just out in the toilet somewhere, you know, <laughs> pretending he's out at the club. So Jordan Peefock back on the score sheet. And also, actually, the fact that Union Berlin have had a good start to 2023. It's been a bad ending, you can say, before the World Cup break. Can they maintain this? So to address the Jordan part of that, first of all, I think that the fact that he didn't get that World Cup call up probably really struck him when he was thinking, what more can I be doing than playing in a top European league, taking my chances, and it's still not enough. And the fact that he's been coming off the bench and to make an impact like he did and really just fit so so nicely into the team and doing what everyone else has been doing, which is you get a chance, you score that chance. That can only play into his cards for this game. And Union are such a difficult team to play against. They are so efficient when it comes to taking their chances. They don't have very many chances. They've had the third least shots in the league this season. They have the third least average amount of possession. And yet look at where they are in the table. They are a fearsome unit to play against. They are always talked about as being well-organized, but they're also very calm when they approach whoever they're playing against. The fact that they took points off Bayern earlier this season, they beat Borussia Dortmund as well. RB Leipzig know only too well how well they can play against them because they've lost their last four games against Union in the Bundesliga. RB do have Christopher Nkunku coming back from injury, but he's not going to be ready for this one yet. We'll probably be there in time for the game against City. Danny Olmo is a long-term, out for a month or so, but they've still got enough attacking options there. They just need to pick up their game a little bit in terms of finishing. That said, 18 games unbeaten, a similar run to Bayern Munich right now, except that the mood in Leipzig is a lot happier than it is in Munich at the moment. So, yeah, but this is going to be a stunning game uh, and a stunning just clash of two teams with, with differing styles. I'd say both very good on the counter, but I'd say that RB are going to take the game to Union a lot more. Well, given that you mentioned Bayern, it's usually eventful when they face Bochum. That's who they're facing this weekend. What can we expect here? Well, I was having a word with two Bochum fan friends of mine and I asked them how many goals they think they're going to concede here because the reverse fixture finished 7-0 to Bayern. Borkham did beat Bayern at Borkham last season, uh, but uh, my Borkham fan friends predicted uh, four goals and one said between 7 and 17. Now, Borkham are playing well right now, but away from home, they have been atrocious. Uh, Anthony Lozier really makes things tick for them in the centre. If he doesn't tick, then I fear for them. They're going to need to to be at their very best because even though Bayern are in crisis mode right now, it seems, uh, they are 18 games unbeaten. What a crisis this is for, for Bayern Munich. And I think the, the after effects, the aftershocks of, um, of, of what that interview with Manuel Neuer uh, in, in the German media did, is still very much being felt around Munich right now because of what, what he said, basically disagreeing with the club's decision to let go of the goalkeeping coach when you are not just the captain of Bayern Munich, but also the captain of Germany. Like, 
these are things that you cannot say in, in his position. So the big headlines this week have not been, oh, Bayern uh, put, put everything away with their first win against Wolfsburg uh, of, of the new year. It's been still going on about the fact that Nagelsmann and Neuer actually had a meeting this week uh, to talk things through. Nagelsmann, but it wasn't just about the interview. I don't really believe you, Julian. Um, and I think that there is a lot to be said, not just for this game, uh, which I think is, is important to Bayern, but given the amount of chasing sides they've got. But the PSG game, Nagelsmann's job is on the line. If they do not beat PSG, he's in trouble because being good in the Bundesliga is all, all good. Right? You know, that, that's taken for granted. Bayern Munich have much higher ambitions. And in the Champions League in the last few years, it has not worked out. And Julian Nagelsmann was brought in to make sure that they are hitting those ambitions. And given the fact that he went out to Villarreal last year in pretty tame fashion, he needs not just a performance. He has to be winning this tie. And given the way that PSG look right now, going out to Marseille in the French Cup, I'd say that you know things are looking in their favour. But Bayern, as Julian Nagelsmann puts it, are still not in full flow. So a little, a little worry over Bayern and some question marks there. Yeah, we'll get some questions going about that Champions League game. But just a reminder of the weekend that is in the Bundesliga. All of these games are available on ESPN+. Plus. We will have wraparound coverage for the Bayern-Bochum game and also for the Dortmund game as well against Werder Bremen. So as Archie mentioned, it is the Champions League clash with PSG coming up on Tuesday. These are the odds going into it. Bayern came into this game as favourites. There's been a bit of a talk about what's going on with PSG. Frank Leboff with us. Lionel Messi is going to be there, Frank? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, you know, um, I had some friend that I called and it seems to be that the, the big man is, uh, is going to be up for it. Um, and that's a very good news for, for, for Paris Saint-Germain because, uh, because Mbappé is injured, supposedly, you know, we're not sure. And Angelman doesn't believe in that. Uh, and, uh, and Messi, uh, we, we don't know about it. But uh, um, yeah, it's a very good news that Messi can be up for it and, uh, and can lead uh, the, the attack of Paris Saint-Germain. Did you change your mind at all, Frank, then, about the results of this? Because you were predicting that Bayern would win, but with things going PSG's way, maybe? Does that change your thoughts? Uh, no, OK. Uh, I still think that uh, <laughs> Bayern is favourite. I've seen the game against Marseille. Well, they lost against Marseille. Um, they had some chances. Neymar hit the post. So I guess they, they were a little bit unfortunate, but uh, Marseille did very well with the crazy... Uh, fans and everything and uh, Ramos was maybe the player of the of the game because he was uh, uh, because he did that penalty but he scored a goal then scored another one was disallowed by offside but uh, he had a very good game uh, but uh, we're gonna see that the weekend tomorrow they play Monaco Monaco is very prolific in uh, in terms of scoring goals so with that defense with Paris Saint-Germain and the question mark that they have of defending well, you know, is not going to be sure that they're going to be uh, um, feeling good after that game before going to, uh, to Munich. Galtier said Messi going to be back in this one, Stevie. Got to be good news for PSG. Well, it's got to be questionable whoever turned around and said he had a hamstring problem. Because if you've got a hamstring problem, you don't recover in a week. 
You don't. So the diagnosis is garbage, basically. So I don't know who came up with that. <laughs> Listen, I've been around football a long time. You don't have a you don't have a strain in your hamstring and recover in a week. It doesn't happen. I've never seen anybody do it before. You, you so, sound like Julian so, Nagelsmann doubting PSG. So I wouldn't believe a word. Injuries and I would not believe a word that comes out with PSG. The fact that Messi's now training on Monday tells me that Mbappe's going to be playing as well. It's just they're just. I didn't, I didn't think you were allowed to get away with that. I thought I thought when you put statements out like that, they had to be there had to be some sort of truth in them. Well, he was a doubt. Are you a cynical LA? <laughs> Doctor Nickel, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Hi, Dr. Nickel. Nobody, nobody's ever recovered in a week. Nobody. Well, well, let's take their word for it. And let's say that indeed there is a hamstring issue with Lionel Messi. And somehow, magically, he's back to training on Monday. What I cannot be convinced of is that he's going to be at his full potential, 100% fit when the game starts. There is no chance, if indeed there's a hamstring injury, that we're going to see the best version of Lionel Messi. In fact, what we saw towards the end of the match against Marseille is that he was literally, and when I say literally, I mean literally walking the field. And the ball would come to him and he would pass it sideways and PSG is pushing forward, but he wasn't getting out of that walk. Something was not right. It didn't seem right. It didn't look right. It didn't feel right. According to Dr. Nickel, it's not full-on <laughs> hamstring injuries. No. According to PSG, there is some hamstring situation, but it's, uh, it's all right. It's only a tweak. It's a, you know, I, I had a little pinch, and that's about it. Regardless, I just don't think that we're going to see 100% of Lionel Messi. And whatever percentage that may be, in most situations would be enough. Champions League against Bayern Munich, I don't think that's enough. Has there been talk about that in Germany, Archie? And who are you backing for this game? Yeah, there has been talk about Lionel Messi's injury on top of Kylian Mbappe's injury. Julian Nagelsmann addressed it in his press conference today and was saying that, well, as, as much as I read uh, in, the, in the newspapers and, and online about what he'd said himself about how he wasn't going to really believe this news about Mbappe, he was merely saying that because he has to prepare a plan for if PSG do play with Messi and Mbappe and how the pieces of that puzzle will fit if they are, if they are, and if they aren't there. And as he put it, I don't want to be looking like um, a big idiot on the touchline uh, if they do both turn up. So it's more just having to plan with that. I think the form that PSG are in right now, and even though Bayern haven't started particularly well uh, in 2023, I would still back Bayern to edge through this right now. I think that somebody like Deo Ufamecano is, is going to have a very important two games and he's really upped his game uh, this season and, and become the centre-back that many have really tipped him to become. I learned something new about him this week as well, Kay, which is that he's been taking lessons from an opera singer uh, to improve his, his vocal uh, his vocal performance on the pitch because he used to get a very sore throat after games. So, yeah, there, there, there is no element too small that Deo Fumacano has not been working on, apparently. And, uh, yeah, it's helping him on the pitch by the looks of it. So uh, That came yeah. up on last night's Extra Time, Archie. Stevie was a little bit perplexed, shall we say, when he heard about the vocal coach, Fumacano. 
Anyway, <laughs> let's Dr. talk Nicole about PSG. Does not Dr. No. Absolutely not. Frank, let's talk a little bit about PSG here, though. I mean, they've got that game against Monaco coming up at the weekend. Not ideal preparation for them, is it? It's not. It's not because Monaco is fourth in the league. They're doing great. As I said before, they're very uh, prolific in terms of scoring goals. Uh, late, lately, they've got, they, I think it's one of the best teams scoring goals in Europe. So the defense is going to be tested, and we know that it's not the best thing for Paris Saint-Germain. And in terms of, uh, of confidence, uh, you lose against Marseille. If you lose against Monaco just before going to Munich, that's not a very good, very good situation. So it's a big test. It might be something good as well to regroup everybody, to make sure that uh, the spirit is good before that uh, very tight uh, tie against uh, Munich. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. We'll know that after the game. Uh, just a little reminder that we are on every single day here on ESPN FC and we will be on after that game and talking very much in depth about oh. it. Be sure to always catch us every day. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled, and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. That Rich James and Shilwell is going to go back into fitness ASAP because uh, it will need them because we don't want to see Kukurela anymore. I mean, I, uh, with all due respect for the man that I don't know, uh, the player is not good enough for Chelsea. We are, it's as simple as that, you know. And uh, that's crazy that they sign him for 60 or 70 million. Uh, but we can see that uh, it doesn't belong to that, uh, that level for me. So that was Frank Leboff, as usual, mm. being really mean about Chelsea wow. players. This time wow. it was Mark Kukurea that he was calling out. This made it to the reports back in the UK. Mm. One of the reports was published. And on Twitter, it's reported that Todd Bowley actually liked oh. <laughs> the comments. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> that Frank had said. Do you know about this, Frank? I was told, yes. I don't have Twitter, so I couldn't follow Todd Bowley's uh, thoughts. Uh, but for once, you know, somebody liked what I say. So I, I've been aware of that. And um, uh, I was kind of pleased with that until he unliked it because he realized that he was making a mistake because he hired Cucurella. Uh, but uh, uh, again, I found my words a little bit strong towards Cucurella because uh, he deserves respect as a, as a human being. But really paying somebody 62 million, I think it's a little bit too much for the... Uh, the, the, the way he's playing his football. 
but it was just fun to see that Mr. Todd Bowley uh, liked my, uh, my comment. Uh, so let's talk about that fee then, 63 million that you just said, 62 million Frank. Could he be among the casualties this summer though? Because it's reported that Todd Bowley is planning on a big clear out. Well, the thing is, you will never sell Cucurella 62 million uh, right now. It's impossible or next summer, I don't think so. Uh, I know that Manchester City were, uh, were also trying to, uh, to, uh, to hire him, so maybe there is a possibility over there. But um, I think it's, uh, it's always a question of offer and demands. But really, uh, Brighton did very well to put that amount of price when they saw Manchester City and uh, Chelsea fighting for, for the player. But the consequences of that is uh, you realise that uh, it's too much of money for, for the players of uh, his, uh, his level. And, uh, and that, that's insane for me because it's showing to the world that some people you know, are ready to put crazy money without respecting, in fact, the money. And it's why I put it in, in, a, in a, I was pointing at first, you know. But yeah, it's possible to see him leaving because Chilwell is going to be back. Uh, you have uh, the young players, I forgot his name also, who just uh, showed that his quality were there and he can, he can substitute also Chilwell. So yeah, it's a possibility to see Kokorila leaving. leaving sorry. Could, could, he, could he leave? Would that be a good thing based on his performances so far to let him go? Yeah. <laughs> performances he's talking about. <clears throat> many goals has he scored? How many assists has he got? Is it not a difficult time to come into that club, though, with everything that's <clears throat> gone on? Well, I'm not sure what your question is here, Keir. All right, should they let Kukureya go? If they can get money for him, which they want, mm. and who else is going to pay the wages that he's probably on? So he, they're stuck with him. Unless they take a huge hit, they're stuck with him. And Frank's right. It's not Cucurella's fault that Chelsea offered 60 million because anybody with any brains is going to take it. But the fact is, I'm with Frank as well. He's not good enough. And he's going to be stuck there. And, and Mr Bowley is, is in for a, a rude awakening. He might agree with Frank on Cucurella, but he doesn't understand, I don't believe, that he's going to find it tough to clear the decks because of the money they're on. Because of the money they paid for all the players and because of the money they're on. How are they going to get rid of them? And there's, a, and there's a reason, by the way, they're getting rid of a lot of these guys. Mm. Because they haven't produced. Cucurella is not the only one that hasn't produced. I mean, what has Raheem Sterling done since he went to Chelsea? Absolutely nothing. How's they going to, how are they going to get rid of If he's one of them... You know, if you go down the list, you're going, right, oh, surely somebody will want Sterling. Surely somebody will want Koulibaly. But the fact is, the money they're going to get offered for them is going to be half what they paid for them. And can they afford the wages? So this is not quite as easy as Mr Bully thinks it's going to be. Well, obviously not, because if he's liking... If he's liking <laughs> the story on the comments on Frank LeBeouf on a player that he brought in, that he yeah. paid for, obviously there's some confusion going on. This is a very, very, and I mean very expensive game of musical chairs. Yeah. And logically, just simple math, you have to be able to move some players on. But you're not the only one who's doing simple math. Other teams are also doing math, and they're saying, you're desperate to get rid of that guy. 
we don't want to pick up his salary. We don't want to pick up whatever is it that you're trying to sell him for. We'll, we'll negotiate you down. Because guess what? You need to get rid of him. We'd like to have him, but we don't need him. You need to get rid of him. It's, it's on you now. And so you, you lose your negotiating power. So moving these players out in this very expensive game of musical chairs is very, very difficult. Frank? Okay, if I, if I can, if, if we want Mr. Bolli to prevent that, you know, I have a message for him because since I know that he listened to what I say, uh, um, next time Mr. Bolli call me because I make the calculation and uh, I realized that I could have saved you like 140 million pounds, you know, which is not too bad nowadays. Uh, with Cucurella, with Sterling, remember what I said before? No, I don't think he's going to bring something better to Chelsea. With Obama Young as well, so he's 62 plus 56 plus 12, it's lots of money. So give me a call, Mr. Bolly. I can maybe help you out, really. Oh, yeah, oh, oh, if the price is right. Oh, hold right, on a Frank. second, wait a second. It, has Frank used this opportunity and this platform to negotiate a position? Absolutely. I have. Huh? I think Breaking you know. news? <laughs> oh, you Breaking never know. News you indeed. never know. <laughs> what, what does it say about their transfer policy that Kukurea's name is here as one of the names reportedly on this list? Koulibaly's name is also there. What does this say about their transfer policy, Stevie? Well, I'll keep this pretty short and straight okay. to the point. They don't know what they're doing. There's a song about that, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is, there, is there any other way to look at it? Next question. Next question, Ale. Can you believe that Christian Pulisic is apparently on that list? Uh, yes, I can. Because among some of the names in this list, he's one of the players that has failed to deliver, has failed to stay fit and ready to go. Injuries have been a problem. There's lack of consistency. And if the player is not available, well, out of sight, out of mind. And so now you find players that perhaps you can make money or perhaps you, you minimize your losses or perhaps this is a guy that can generate some interest from elsewhere and you know you're not going to get the same money back that you paid for him but at the very least you're looking for places where you can minimize your losses and move players along. Let's get this, let's get this belt, this conveyor belt of players. Let's get him out. We got to get him out and one of those players and he has been for a while that name of Christian Pulisic has been on those guys that are at the door as soon as possible. Let's just give you a reminder of where Chelsea are in the table right now. It's obviously been a difficult season for them, even though we have seen all those big signings. Ninth right now, 30 points, 20 points off the pace from leaders Arsenal. They face West Ham this weekend, Frank. Can Potter get the win there that Chelsea needs so badly? Well, I don't know if they need so badly because I really think that season is over for me. And they will never catch back the, uh, the, the first four because of the way they play, because of the result they had lately. Um, let's say that uh, because they play in Champions League, that can bring a little bit of confidence. Uh, I've seen maybe the, the team selection that they're going to get. It's going to be very interesting to see how they're going to play and uh, with the players that we start knowing each other better so let's see that's a good opportunity but you, you face West Ham yeah they're done, not having a, 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 a good results lately but they, they, they are a very good team and at some point they can disturb, disturb Chelsea and, and see how, how it works can I say something just one thing about the transfer list that maybe Koulibaly could be in can you imagine that that guy will 
has been considered, and I was the first to say, one of the best central defender last year, and everybody was happy to see him signing for Chelsea, that the guy might be in that list where last year he was at Naples, and Naples now, this season, are first with 15 points ahead of Inter Milan. So that guy left a, 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 a team where he was the, one of the best, and the team is doing great, and signing for a club now, and his performance and the performance of the club are horrendous. That's so sad to see that fantastic player. And I don't know what's going on and the kind of curse he's been in because I'm the first to defend him. Because again, for the past 10 years, that guy has been absolutely fantastic. I don't know what's going wrong with him. And to see him maybe in that list makes me so sad, really. You wouldn't expect it to be an easy game against West Ham. They don't no. need to win, don't worry, Frank said. It's all right. <laughs> Uh, well, I don't think Graham Potter's probably going to look at it that way. You know, as much as I think he'll be okay regardless, I'm sure he is. His head will be spinning. Not just on his own situation, but everything around the club. So there is so much uncertainty that absolutely 100% he'll look at this as we have to win this. Because the more losses that we have, the more that his head is on the chopping block. So if there's one man who will be making sure everybody's ready, it, it will be him. And it's a London derby. So regardless of where they are on the table, it's automatically a tough game. Oh yeah, did we go down that transfer list and see Graham Potter's name there at the bottom, maybe, <laughs> to get rid of in the summer? Anyway, thank you uh, so much, guys, for everything we've chatted about there. They will be back answering your questions mm. on the latest edition of Extra Time. You can always keep up to date with that. That's quite the dress there, YouTube Kay. Page. Nice. <laughs> nice, Kay. Hand me down. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Thanks so much for being with us. Extra time on the way next. Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. We have Frank LeBuff, Fally Moreno and Stevie Nickel here. And for the third day running, uh -huh. we're going to be talking about Jan's oh. fish video. <laughs> oh. I don't oh. think Frank LeBuff has seen it. First question oh. is whether I've stopped laughing yet after Jan's video running. And I tell you, every time I see it, I still laugh again. I cannot wait for Frank to see it. So yes, I just stopped laughing. Oh, here we go. But here we go uh -huh. again. Shuffling of the feet, a little false start. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> see, my, my concern is that he's already dragging his feet and we're not even 10 meters in. 
Come on, yeah. Come on, yeah. Hey, that right knee is not working. That right knee is not working well. The fish is coming. The fish the is way, coming, yeah. By the way, the fish isn't even trying. No. I think the fish Stay on your feet, yeah. Stay on your feet, yeah. Frank, what do you make of that video? Well, I have to say, Kay, I've seen it because when Jan uh, was there, you know, the, the day after he, he showed us and I had the chance to see it. And I saw that bloody fish, you know, trying to chase him. That was very nice to see him, you know. And I, what I like the most is these big calves, you know, it's like they're not moving. It's not, it's like, it's like running, it's like sliding. That's very intense, you know, and I was suffering for him. Uh, he, must, he still must be in a very big pain, you know, and he's been, what, like a week since he did that? No, but uh, I don't know why, why Jan why was doing that. I don't understand, the, really. The key point there is that Jan is not lifting his feet. Well, <laughs> this, is, this is an impression, a reenactment from Craig Burley. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yep, yep, well, although That's Craig's exactly knees are I'm better saying. than Jan's there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. He's sliding. You know what's wrong with him? You know? Oh my God! I, Good one. I like, like Shaka. I like the, the, the fish. Yeah. Shaka and fish. You know, I like it. Who thought Shaka could impersonate a fish? That's a big fish. That's a big fish. Let me tell you. Shaka said yesterday, though. If Yannick had to run 10 more metres, the fish would have overtaken it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, no more on this fishy business, all right? Oh, man. Oh, start oh bench or drop, Stevie, Yann, or the fish? Oh, come on now. <laughs> come on, Ali. It's got to be Yann, eh? You've got to drop Yann. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Lisa, you don't get to say. Oh, I don't get to say <laughs> No oh, you got, well, well, too late. <laughs> oh, I've started, so I'll finish. Go on then. What would you do? Well, I'd start me. Obviously. I think I think there's some potential in the fish. <laughs> yeah. So Jan's getting dropped. <laughs> I'll let you. I'm going to take. I'm going to take the fish under my fin, and uh, <laughs> I think there's a future there. Too. I I think <laughs> the fish is a long distance runner. Another lap and the fish overtakes Jan for certain. Yes. And I think he would do the same to Stevie eventually. I'm starting the fish. I'm benching Stevie. And Jan gets nowhere near this team. He has been dropped for life. At least he'd know his place. Oh, he gone. Oh, <laughs> what about you, Frank? Oh, well, you know, I respect so much Stevie that I don't want him to be in that team. So I want to I want to drop him, you know, for sure, to make sure he's not involved with the fish uh, or Jan. So, and then I will yeah, start the fish, I will bench Jan, and I will make sure Stevie is not involved with, uh, with those idea. two, Thanks, two people, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I think I'm going to pull, uh, I've got a messy hammy. <laughs> <A> messy hammy. <laughs> I've got a messy hamstring injury. Oh, yeah, right. When was so, the last time you ran? Oh, this is a good question. <laughs> I actually, I've actually when got, he got I've, lost. I've actually when got, got an got answer lost. for you. <laughs> I actually realised that I can still get around. Ah. Oh. No surprise, Haggis is involved. I took him out about five weeks ago and I met a friend of mine who's got a, a, a dog that Haggis plays with. And so previously, the dogs just played and that was it. And for some reason, he got a smell of something. And he was off. And there was a main road too near. And I had to chase him. 
and it, I must have ran for about, I'm going to say, I'm going to say four minutes. <laughs> Oh, which is a, a long time. Was it a four-minute mile? <laughs> a long, yeah, and, and, yeah. I ran a mile. Uh, I did it in four minutes. Hundred <laughs> yards. No, no, seriously. So I was chasing him, and he ran through woods, and then he came out of there, and then he was going through in people's gardens, and eventually he. St- I didn't oh, catch wow. him, but eventually he stopped because the scent must have come to the end, and I got him. And he was about hundred yards away from the main road. But so yes, I can still run. Ah, well, there you go. And, and you're here with us. And I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. And I never pulled a hammy, a calf, or a groin, or anything. Uh, yeah. So, so you I'm, could play I'm for PSG this week. Thought, yes. <laughs> All right, guys. What adjustments do you think Leeds and Manchester United will make since they just played against each other on Wednesday, or is there not enough time to make any major adjustments? Does it matter that you've just played against that same team? Of course, you're going to make adjustments if you're playing any team, right? I don't think, well, Man United won't make adjustments. They'll just go about it in a better way. The, the way they set about it, they let themselves down by falling asleep at the start of each half. You know, if they cut that out, then they'll cut out two goals. And so, on paper, they, win, they should win the game. So for Man United, absolutely, it's pretty simple. You concentrate from the first minute to the last minute. And for Leeds, they just have to try and get after United the way they did and, and take the chances again when they come. Unfortunately for, for Leeds United, I think defensively we will see some bigger cracks in this game. For Stevie, if Liverpool doesn't qualify for Europe, is it time to get rid of Klopp? If so, who would you be bringing in? And who would you like to get in the transfer market to revamp the squad? Well, number one, you're not getting rid of Klopp. That, that is. I can't believe actually how many times I've heard people asking that question. Why would you get rid of Klopp? You know, it's it's the players that need to be changed, not the manager. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I, I really can't believe people are asking this. So many people are asking the question. I just don't see it. Um, what was the second part? Who would you like Who would to you get bring in? in? Listen, I've already said that I think Serbia at Brighton has got them playing absolutely fantastic football. Serbia. So. Yeah, so he, to me, he would be ideal. Um, but in the transfer market to revamp the well, squad? Well, in the middle of the park, you know, Declan Rice, Caicedo, you know, people like that, for me, who are already proven in the, in the Premier League, would be ideal. Because you're not gambling as much. You know, you just have to look at Liverpool. They go and spend 70 million on Keita, albeit he was fantastic in the Bundesliga, but it didn't work. Hasn't worked. Hasn't hasn't done it in the Premier League. So I would go for I would go for players like Declan Rice and Caicedo because you know they can produce in the Premier League. McAllister, can I give a shout to McAllister? Cucurella. Oh, Cucurella, yeah. <laughs> Bellingham, maybe. Chocolate. Bellingham. Well, we could do. Yeah, we'll get Cucurella for the FA Cup and the uh, and the. Carabao Cup. Carabao Cup, over that. And McAllister. I'm just saying. Good chap. Yeah, I'm just. It, well, if he's, he likes the Serbi, he, he likes Caicedo, he likes McAllister, he likes a lot of Brighton. I, I actually wouldn't say McAllister. Oh, what? What's wrong with no. him? Well, it doesn't, it doesn't fit the way that Klopp, the way that Klopp plays the game, or wants to play the game, ah. the way he had Liverpool playing the game. I don't think McAllister fits into that middle three. Okay. So that's, 
it's not that he's not a fantastic player, he is a fantastic player, mm. but I just don't think he's the right type. And but, you, go on. No, so you're agreeing with Don then, that you wouldn't have McAllister in the Liverpool 11? No, I'm not agreeing with Don at all. Okay. All right. well, listen, let, let, let's, not, let's not mix things up. All right. If McAllister was playing for Liverpool tomorrow, yeah. I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be disappointed. Okay. Because presently, <laughs> who is playing for Liverpool at the moment, isn't doing very well. So that wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> let me put it that way. Let's not get it twisted. Yeah. He not... agrees with Don. <laughs> You wouldn't get rid of Klopp then, Frank? No, of course not. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm fed up a little bit with that uh, dictator of emergency that everything, every time something goes wrong, you know, even if the guy proved and Klopp proved 100% uh, that uh, you, you can bring something, that when it doesn't work, you know, you have to get rid of the coach. Like, immediately. Like, ah, it doesn't work. He doesn't know how to play the players anymore. So get rid of him. No. As Stevie said, it may be the players who are not good enough anymore and Klopp has to deal with the situation. And I, will, I, will, I think that the last, gay, last guy I will get rid of today is Mr. Klopp because he does the job and we know that he's very efficient at it. Uh, and in terms of hiring players, I think Bellingham, Jude Bellingham will fit, I don't know if Stevie agrees with me, will, uh, will fit very well in the middle yeah. of the park. Absolutely, yeah. He does, he does everything. I mean, there you go. There you go. That there's your three signings: Declan Rice, Kai Sado, and Jude Bellingham. That's, that's yeah. The problem is that Liverpool is not going to be the only team going after Jude Bellingham. Well, yeah. we were sort of dreaming, Ali. Oh, okay. Let's right. be honest. Oh, let's right. keep this it. Is... Let's keep it real. Okay. Let's not get it twisted. Again. No, let's not get it twisted again. <laughs> All right. Right now is a wish list. Okay. okay. Not yeah. reality. All a right. wish list. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Stu, my the, bad. The theory and the practical, I keep telling you, the theory and the practical are okay. two different things. All right. Let him have it, Ali, let him have it. It's been a tough time for these Liverpool types. <laughs> not, as, not as tough as it has been for Jan. You support Middlesbrough. Well, and the fish. Flying. He's given it all that. I was in a tough time. Oh, you support we're Middlesbrough. Flying. Talk about a tough time. We're we're flying. Tough you haven't watched us lately, have you? Start <laughs> tough decade. Start venture. Sell. The fish. Well, listen, when you're used to disappointment, it's okay. All you right. guys aren't used to I'll disappointment go. anymore. Right. I'll go with that. Start bench or sell, manager edition, Ale, Ten Hag, Arteta, and Chavi. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, mummy. <laughs> you got, got to start Arteta, eh? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to start Arteta. I'm going to yeah. bench. Oh, I'm gonna bench Xavi and I'm gonna drop Ten Hag. Ooh. Ooh. No. I would I would start a tether. Bench Ten Hag and drop Xavi. Frank. Um, I have to go with Stevie. Um, what Ten Hag did, where there were a limit of the <laughs> a complete bl a blow. Uh, and Arteta, of course, first. Nothing to to compare with the others. Xavi did well, but I, I, I didn't feel the pressure that Xavi had like Ten Hag had. So it's why I, I, will, uh, I will bench Ten Hag and, uh, and drop, fortunately. Uh, good question though, isn't it? Yeah. Huh? Good question. Yeah, it is a good question. And I will say that uh, 
and I'm not defending my answer here, just providing some inf additional information, the same way that Ten Hag had to deal with... Somebody says, I'm not defending what No, no, said. this is more information. This is more information, more context, <laughs> more information. The same way that Ten Hag had to deal with Ronaldo's situation, which I think he did very well. Xavi walks into Barcelona in a locker room that was all over the place, and Messi gone, and no identity, no idea as to what they were and who they were, where they were going and how they were going to get there. It wasn't an easy job and he has managed now to put this team in pole position to win La Liga. So, there it is. Just more context. That's the defence rests, Your Honour. Yes. I like that. It's a good defence. <laughs> Who's been the biggest disappointment so far this season in the Premier League, player or club? Mm. Well... <laughs> That really has to be a straightforward question. I know. Go ahead. Well, it, it has to be Liverpool, isn't it? Honestly, six months ago, Liverpool were in position to win four trophies. Never been done in the history of the game. Never been done. The, but for two games, they would have won four trophies last year. And now they're sitting in 10th and looking as if they're never going to win another game of football. I mean, I mean, that's, that's one mighty drop-off, isn't it? I mean, hey. who, who else has done that? Hey, hey, hey. Can, I just, can I just say that the pain in your face oh, while you're providing painful? all of this information, all of this context... Do you understand how much trouble my TV's in on Monday when we play Everton? Because one of these days this year, it could, be, it could get smashed. So Liverpool, Liverpool, the club. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I, I'm open. I'm open to hear any other offers, but I mean, that's Frank. that's as big a drop off as it is, surely. No, no, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy to put Liverpool ahead of Chelsea, <laughs> even <laughs> if it was it's not that nice with Chelsea. I really think that uh, I agree with Stevie. You know, I win, nobody expected Chelsea to win the league this season, where um, I think uh, uh, Liverpool were sh was sharing the 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 top you know with Manchester City like six months ago and uh, and as Stevie said now they can't even win a game so it's a uh, it's a huge drop as a player you know I tried to find some but I, I I couldn't find you know maybe there are too many is why I don't want to name them <laughs> and I want to get out I want to be out of uh, problems you know so <laughs> so leave say me alone with that. and then Todd Bowley will uh, like yeah, it yeah yes another like no, because Cucurella, you don't expect anything from him. I mean, he's not, he's never been a top, top player. No, that's he's true. Not like, yeah, like, that's I would true. say like Koulibaly, like Koulibaly signing for the club was a big transfer and you expect something big from him. And then you have Fofana signing, Bajashil signing, and you don't see Koulibaly anymore. So you will have to place Koulibaly uh, with Cucurella. I didn't expect anything from Cucurella. I'm disappointed about uh, Koulibaly, uh, but there are so many players, you know. Uh, we thought Van Dijk would be back to, the, to his best. Uh, what about, uh, you know, Salah? What about some others? You know, I don't know. <laughs> there, are, there are so many that we can name, uh, and, uh, and um, I'm going to be quiet now. <laughs> even Raheem Sterling? Oh, yeah, that too. Even, even when Frank is trying to be nice to Kukureya, 
He wasn't so nice. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I know. I, I, want, I, I don't want to be mean to Kukureya, but I didn't uh, expect much from him anyway. No. So What? <laughs> yeah. All right. For all, how yeah. would you feel if you were retroactively awarded a title or if a title were revoked? I know you were talking the other day, Steve, yeah. that you were saying if you were given it after the fact, it wouldn't feel the same. So oh. let me let me ask you the second part of the question. How would you feel if you'd gone through all that, won a title, and then it was revoked? It wouldn't change how I felt, because we won it. Mm. Just because somebody upstairs decides, for whatever reason, yeah. you're, not, you're not actually, it's not going to be in paper. We know, you know inside that you did it. So, yeah, that, that no. If it's if it's revoked, it, it doesn't change. You still got the you still got the emotional attachment to win it. Yeah, you got the emotional attachment to winning it that you don't have when somebody gives you the title afterward, right? So that's the same emotional attachment that you don't get when somebody says, "Well, this team is somehow uh, been the title has been revoked from them. Now you're the champions," and you're like, uh, "All right, I I, okay. I guess so. We won it. I don't know." That lack of attachment is the same emotional attachment that you do have when you've won it and somebody else says, no, it's not your title. Oh no, yes it is. Yes it is, and it remains that way. Yeah. What about you, Frank? If, if you were, let, yeah, let's take the, the first part yeah. of the question, yeah. Yeah, um, you, you give me a title that you didn't give me at the time, I think I would deny it because as Ali said, it's not the right time, it's too late. You know, and you don't have the emotion, you don't have the feeling that uh, you would have had at the time. You deserve that title, so, you know, I don't care, I don't want it anymore. And for the second part, as Stevie said, you know, I knew, I knew if I really want it and fairly want it, uh, or, or if I cheated, which is not the case for the player of Manchester City, because we are talking about that. Uh, I think the players on the field they did the job, so you cannot take take them out of uh, of the title. They want it, whatever you're going to decide. Fair enough. Nice questions tonight. Hi. Thank you so much good. for sending them in. Send some more about Jan tomorrow. Any okay. excuse to play the video again? <laughs> See you then. Brainstorm. What's something that works so well that it's basically magic? Microwave. Air conditioning. What about selling with Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash FC, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash FC now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash FC.